You know when you're on the edge of burnout, every request that anybody gives you, it just becomes like so annoying. <laughs> you're just like, it's because they're taking from you. But we really have to see ministry as as coming from a place of, of being filled by God and then and then sharing that with other people. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Got a song in my head. I'm oh, sorry. That's the latest track from Drew Brown here on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty deep. Those lyrics, oh, so inspirational, let me Thank tell you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I felt it in my heart that I had a word for the people listening, and I just wanted to inspire them with hope and joy. Right. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> just crank it up, folks. Crank it up. Here it is again. Oh, <laughs> crank it up. <laughs> Drew Brown and James Curtis on Between the Grooves. This is episode 206. Can you believe it? 206 episodes of us just just talking and talking and that's, talking. And that's the first time you ever said my name first. No, it isn't. Dude, no. you put me first for once. I always oh put you first. Gosh. I always put you first. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me say that. I always put you first, dear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know we laugh, but today is a somber day. Today is somewhat of a sad day, but it's also a uh, positive day. Um, and the reason for that, well, uh, do you want to spill the beans here, or do you want me to kind of allude to what's going on? Uh, yeah, I like when you allude. Okay. It's, it's nice. Well, uh, Drew... Has has uh, your schedule's been getting busier and busier? Uh, yeah. Of course, with everything that's happening in the music industry over the last year, in particular, um, you know it's been difficult for musicians and artists and producers to to get any work. And so, what's happening for you is things are picking up in other areas that you've you know dabbled in, uh, as far as in the music industry and and whatnot. And I guess. Uh, to put it bluntly, you're wanting to focus and you need to focus on the areas that are generating you the income uh, to kind of recoup what you've lost over the last year. Yeah, that that's right. It's, um, you know, doing the freelance thing, doing the music thing has always been a joy. It's always been um, fun to do and it allowed me the freedom to kind of just, you know, be... Uh, sort of close with the kids and sort of be focused there, but still be able to do what I love to do. But um, yeah, with COVID, man, COVID just d- destroyed me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah, so I, I need to sort of, uh, um, sort of change, I guess, my, my occupations and kind of where I'm putting my emphasis on. But I'll still do music. Music will never die. I still need to do, that's like a part of my own like mental health journey and how I love to express myself and how I love to connect with people. But I definitely need to sort of change what I do and how I do it. Right. Yeah. And and so what that means uh, for the podcast in particular is that you will be leaving between the grooves as co-host. Yeah. And I'm and it's not a I would never say it's a permanent thing because I'm sure oh. you'll want to be back every once in a while when when totally. we have guests or when you have the time and everything oh else. Oh my gosh, please! But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a little quiet, I guess, on the scene, especially as we get into the latter part of the summer. And and I'll still be chatting and we'll still be having conversations with people. But it it might just be me. Maybe we'll get another. Uh, co-host on board we'll see Um, don't know at this point Uh, we're just everything's up in the air right now and and so this is not a formal call for people to send their in in their applications or anything like that because i got enough on my plate but but uh but certainly uh you know it's been an amazing (laughs) journey with you drew over the last what is it four years 
Yeah, something like that. Over yeah. four years. Yeah. Uh, just having conversations, you and I having conversations, and, and we'll continue to have conversations, but uh, That's right. on mic and uh, on this podcast specifically, and, and many, many, many amazing artists and musicians and producers and people in this music industry. Uh, a lot of great conversations, a lot of meat and mm-hmm. potatoes, but a lot of fun moments as well. That's, That's right. what I have enjoyed about this podcast is is having these conversations with people. And quite frankly, uh, many of the people that we've had uh, have only ever been on this show once. We've only, right. you know, I'd say a handful of times where we've brought back people. And our philosophy always has been and will continue to be that we would never bring somebody back for the sake of bringing them back unless there was something new that they could contribute as right. far as, you know, stuff that we can glean information about or learn about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's you know it's been an, an amazing journey, an incredible ride. Um, it's been great um, having this opportunity to do this with you because we've known each other before this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, and so it's been good to sort of do this and sort of um, enjoy these these times together, just to kind of chat and goof off and have, as you said, incredible conversations with artists and producers and stuff. And my my hope is that yeah, I'll be able to visit and revisit and come back on. And I still have tons of ideas for podcasts and maybe I'll do in the future. I have no idea. Um, but right now I'm just kind of in this really cool mode of celebrating between the grooves and just looking back on some of the cool and great and darn funny conversations we had with people. Yes. It's been nice. It's been nice, man. It's been nice partnering with you in this. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It really has. And so, uh, this is Drew's last official uh, episode of Between yes. the Grooves, but again, yes. not to say that he's gone forever because right. uh, you might be coming back every once in a while to, to have these conversations as as you find time and as you you know uh, discover you know if you've got a few minutes here and there. But yeah. for now, it's just yeah. concentrating on those areas in your career that that make sense to concentrate on and, and That's right. generate the income and get That's into right. areas that maybe you didn't have time for before because. Because, right. you know, Between the Grooves was a block of two or three hours that you would invest every week. And so now you've got right. that block to reinvest elsewhere where it makes sense. Exactly. I'll, I'll never leave the Faith Strong Today family, but uh, I do have to say this has been quite a fun ride. It has. It has. It is time to uh, get to a conversation with our guest this week. Yes, we do have a guest this week. And we do, uh, we do. and I, I got to say, this particular person that we are going to chat with, uh, this is someone we were trying to get on the podcast in year one. In the in the first yeah, right. two or three months of this podcast, this was someone yeah, yeah. we wanted to get on the podcast, and we were not able to because of schedule conflicts and whatever else. And now, finally, finally, we're able to get this artist on the show. Can you tell us? who we're going to be talking to and because you you know this person very well well this is it's it's not drew folks it's not drew (laughs) it's not me it's not me like i've i've been one of the great things about this podcast is that i've been able to sort of invite a lot of my friends out i can say hey man hey 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 lady come on out and and let's have a chat and have some fun and joke around a little bit and so like i've been trying to sort of bring a lot of my buddies out and and luckily luckily I was able to work this out. So actually, co- coincidentally, she has a new album out. Also, this is my last episode. And so this is a really cool way to kind of like. And also, and, and also sorry, who, who who produced this album? Well, I, 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 I didn't do the come full on, thing. Come on. You know, I can only, I did what I could. Well, I just helped you out uh, a bit there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I was able to. Uh, she was able to pass it on to Mr. Steve Lensink, who we, we've had on the show before. Yep, um, husband to Brooke Nichols, and so um, today we have Rochelle Luke. That's so dramatic, so dramatic. The, the star of so many incredible Canadian Christian hits, one of the best singer songwriters I know. And I'm not even exaggerating. She really is. Mm-hmm. I think she's incredible. I think she's wonderful. I think she's a genius. And we will talk about her genius today on Between the Grooves. She She's with us right now. She's heard everything you said. Oh, no. Did I say anything wrong? No, I don't think I did. No. I think it was all good. You didn't say anything bad about her, so that's fine. Okay. Whew. 
Because normally I would have. Normally I would have been like, this this woman is horrible. I, I shouldn't have told you she was on the line. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have told you. Have you ever heard that? In, have you ever heard that in shows where you know you're talking about somebody and 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 oh by the way she's here right now. It's like oh she's here right, right now. Everybody, what did I say? She's... <laughs> no oh regrets. Gosh. No regrets. Rochelle, Luke, oh how are you gosh. doing? <laughs> hello, hello, hi Drew and James. How wonderful to be here with you on Between the Graves and. Uh, and thank you for that epic introduction. I don't know uh, how oh I'm going to live up to that. Yeah, I, I can. She's already driving to my house right now to punch me in the face. I can feel it. Right? She's like, just getting in the car. <laughs> I think I think she's won almost as many awards as you, Drew. No, no, if way. not more, eh? Not yeah, more. If not more. How no. how do you That's... win? How do you win two Covenant awards on your debut EP? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> By being awesome. By being <laughs> awesome. Honestly, that was just, that was just a blessing. I, oh my gosh. I don't know. I just happened. And she's humble, know. too. I don't she's deserve, humble. honestly yeah. didn't deserve them. But, but anyways, thank you so much for having me here. And yeah, I was, um, I forgot how at the very beginning we had tried to, to get this going yeah. and, um, yeah, that's so crazy. I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't know that this would be your last one, Drew. So, uh, what an honor to to be here. Sad. I guess the reason why we could never get you on is because we record most of our episodes on a Monday morning, and you had in the church that you're involved in, you had staff meetings on Monday mornings, and that was the reason why you couldn't make it. So yeah, well, yeah. even today, was, actually, right? I'm I'm missing staff meetings. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. There after. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's right. You know, because right. these meetings, they, you know, the more people you have in the room, the longer they go, right? Yeah, but I mean, now I've been on staff a little longer, you know, so I can I can take right. I can take this one morning right. to be here. Exactly. There That's you right. go. There you go. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I have to ask, how is the album's been out for what two or three weeks now? I think. How has the response been so far? Man, it's been awesome. Yeah, the album came out on June 11th, and uh, I guess that really wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome response. I've gotten just lots of kind messages that I'm still backlogged replying to. Um, just from people reaching out and saying how they are playing it over and over, and they're they're sending me videos of their kids singing the songs, which is awesome. And um, yeah, just people really connecting to to the message, to the lyrics, um, and to just they're just enjoying too um, kind of the variety of different musical genres we have going on there. So people are just enjoying it. They're they're saying that it, you know, there's songs that make them smile and songs that make them cry. I get lots of crying face emojis, um, but but I take that as a as a beautiful thing because uh, yeah, these it songs made me cry thing, too. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been awesome and and kind of overwhelming to finally. Finally, you know how long it took to make this um, <laughs> to finally be able to share it with everybody. And I think that even though, you know, the timing originally was planned uh, a lot earlier to release this, but I think that releasing it now, you know, after everyone has lived through this pandemic and we all just need, we need songs that make us uh, laugh and dance around and we need songs that help us celebrate life and and also to to grieve and mourn what we've been through and um so i think yeah it's just been just been an awesome time to release it now by all appearances it looks like there was a lot of planning in uh, not only the recording uh, you know, the songwriting the recording but also in the release like i'm i'm watching your you know your social feeds and it seems like every few hours or, you know, every day or so, you're, you're coming out with a new post um, that's very well done, very professional. And, and I look at that, if I were to come up with content like that, it would take me hours and hours. Like, that would be a full-time job. So I'm assuming that you have done a lot of the legwork in advance to be able to come up with posts, creative posts that, you know, promote 
in a different way each time pr promote your new music. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for um, for saying that and recognizing that I have put a lot of work into my social media presence for this release. And I also, um, yeah, just have learned a lot about brand strategy and um, a bit yeah. about social media strategy and stuff. Also just from, you know, learning from other people and and uh, watching what other artists are doing as well and trying some new things myself. So yes, definitely, it has been um, a lot of planning and a lot of work ahead of time uh, to get that going. And, and you actually just reminded me that I haven't, I haven't pre, um, you know, preloaded my post for today. So even as you were saying that, I was like, oh, shit, oh. I have to do that. Well, anyways, that was our guest, Rochelle Luke. On the <laughs> hey, I gotta go. <laughs> We're out of time. <laughs> what can awesome. I say? We're out of time. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, but really, um, it was just, uh, I really wanted to tell this story as well as I could. And um, and the other interesting thing is with releasing a whole album, um, you've probably talked with other guests about this whole thing. You know, never, like, never. No, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this whole like album versus singles, you know, all the time. Yeah, and yeah. so I do feel very much like... Um, it is a challenge to release an album, so I, I am actually planning like months, you know, I have ideas right now for like three months from now, six months from now, how I'm going to keep rolling out new content for these songs that have been released, you know, six months ago or whatever, so I can still keep yeah. connecting with people over this. Um, but yeah, I've, I have to say that when I started out, um, I, I was very, I guess, I was very naive, but also kind of hesitant to embrace the side, uh, like the business side of the music business. Mm. You know, I wanted it to be about the music ministry and just about connecting people and worshiping God through music. And um, this time around with this release, I really, um, I really have embraced that the calling I have as an independent Christian artist involves the business side and I have to work just as hard, if not harder, because it's less natural to me, um, at the business and the marketing of my music. And that really, that's just as much my job to do that as it is to, to write the music and record it and everything. Um, but I have definitely, you know, gone out and, and found resources and people who know a lot more about this than I do uh, to learn about it and, and then to, to try applying it now. So... You yeah. know, from what I understand, if you don't embrace the business side, then the project is very, very costly. And the reason yeah. and the reason for that is because you have no plan in place to get the product out there. And if and if you don't, then you spend a lot of money potentially for nothing. I mean, you want to get this in the hands of people to listen to and to minister to them and everything else. But at the end of the day, there's a huge cost involved in, you know, writing recording, mm -hmm. studio time, uh, producer time, all that other stuff that goes hand in hand, let alone, you know, distribution and everything else. Yeah, it, if you don't embrace the business yeah. side, it's going to be a very, very costly venture. Yes. And even if you do embrace the business side, <laughs> you're yeah. in the Christian music yeah. industry sure. for us. You're, we're, like, really, my, my goal is not like, I'm not like, I'm going to become rich and famous. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> really, what I'm trying to do is just build something sustainable so that a year from now, I can, you know, start planning another project so that I can be, you know, like all you said, all those expenses involved in making music and releasing it um, so that I can afford to sustainably do this ministry. Um, so, yeah, but I think that's such a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. So now that things are slowly opening up and I must say they're opening up um, in a way that could be really good for a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about doing like a like a tour, like a solo tour, or doing some dates um, within the GTA or beyond? Are you sort of thinking? Is that kind of part of your planning process? Yes, it is. I am very excited that things are opening up, and um, yeah, I am. I'm planning to uh, to be doing some dates around the GTA and um, visiting other churches and leading worship and, and sharing these songs at as many churches as will have me. So if you're out there, let me know. I will come to you. <laughs> I would love to do that. 
I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Book her now before it's too late. Cause I'm, I'm sure that the list and the roster of churches who are going to be coming knocking at your door will be long and large, I'm sure. Um, okay. So, I mean, yeah. So you're, you're doing the artist thing, but we, you know, we know that you're also a worship pastor. This is not just a, a music gig, but this is also, you're also on staff at a church. So mm. I, I'm curious about like doing the COVID thing <laughs> and leading a church um, in terms of how they worship our Lord. How does, how was that experience for you over the last year? Did you, what are some learnings for you? What were mm. some of the difficulties for you? Like, how was that for you? Man, I feel like we are still learning so much about, yeah, uh, yes. you know, even as we come out of it, we're still like, what are, how do we do this? Like, how do, what is, what is church now um, with all these limitations and regulations? Like, that it's really reshaping our idea of um, what it means to be the body. Um, and, and I think some of that growth is so good, actually. Um, it's so good that we've all been through this and that it's kind of forcing us to really intentionally think about um, what, what are we doing and why are we doing it? And are we really doing the things that are most needed to, to shepherd people, um, you know, in this day and age? But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about all the change and all the different ways that we have found um, to keep worshiping together over the last year. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of other people about this too, but yeah, the, the initial, um, when, when the pandemic first started, my church actually was not live streaming before the pandemic. Um, right, right. And it was something we kind of had like on like a, a roadmap to get into in a few years when we had figured out <laughs> even just the technology in the building. <laughs> Let's right. figure that That's out right. first. Um, and so, yeah, when, when the pandemic happened, just kind of jumping into all the things that were necessary, just the practical stuff and the gear and the uh, reading <laughs> tons and tons of Google searches on how to do this, and um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a learning curve, but we were really blessed to have, you know, friends and partners at other churches who knew what they were doing, who shared their knowledge with us and supported us through those kind of rough <laughs> first couple of live streams. Um, yeah, and then, you know, also leading worship from home. Um, some, uh, sometimes that was live over Zoom, and then eventually we moved to pre-recording that, and that was kind of a journey for me too, to learn how to lead worship pre-recorded to a camera in my basement by myself. <laughs> you know, how do I lead hundreds of people in worship like this? Um, you know, taking multiple takes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, the benefit you is know? the benefit is if it's pre-recorded, you can take multiple takes. Yeah, yeah. It, but in some ways, that's like a blessing and a curse, right? Because exactly, if you know that when it's live, you just you just have to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when yeah, when it's pre-recorded, for some reason, it's just it's so much harder. I don't know if you found that, Drew. It's so much harder to get into it. I thought. Well, know, from, from as a worship yes. leader, it would be, be hard because a lot of times when you're in a church environment with people in the building with you, you can see what's happening. You can see the response of the people yeah. where it's it's difficult to do that online. But yeah, I, exactly. I got to say, live streaming online, I don't think it's going away. No, no. I don't I don't think outdoor services are going away. Like I think you're going to find churches just hey, it's a fun thing to do. It's something different. Yeah. It might be that little carrot that gets dangled out for somebody who wouldn't necessarily go to church that hey, this is something different we're doing or maybe it's just hey, we're going to do something different and maybe be the fact that we are doing something different in a year, two years, three years from now having this outdoor church service and quite frankly that's nothing new because I remember when I was a kid they did it outdoor services, right? Yeah. But, nothing new. But, right. but it's certainly something unique enough that hey yeah I want to check that out, right? Yeah, you know it's, it's a sure. great evangelism tool. Um, going back to what you said about getting the gear, the one thing about uh, getting the gear, when you, when you buy that stuff the nice thing is it's 
it's not really a recurring expense, right? Mm-hmm. Once you have the gear. Now, there'll be, you know, different things that happen in, you know, in a year from now, two years from now, where, you know, you've got to upgrade the quality, perhaps, for whatever reason. But other than that, the gear, I've got a home studio and I've got great mics. I've got great equipment, uh, really, really good quality stuff. I haven't had to replace anything, uh, really. I haven't had to buy new stuff and replace it with something else because the technology doesn't change a whole lot. And I think you're going to find that with even online streaming and everything else. I think if, if anything, it'll get better and cheaper, but I don't think there's that capital expense where it's going to be this huge amount of money that you have to pay every year. So having said that, if, if churches have gone that route and they are doing online streaming now, live or pre-recorded, at least they have the equipment to keep doing that. And if they're not using that equipment, they're letting the dust pile up on it, they're making a mistake. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Like what you said, uh, we have no plans to stop live streaming as things are opening up. We definitely see how it's allowed us to reach people who, you know, we wouldn't have other well, otherwise been able to. And it's been amazing to see um, some people coming to our church, like joining this church family during the pandemic because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, people who right. would not have found us otherwise. And I think it's also actually been a real gift to people who. Um, who have been connected to our church in different ways, but, um, you know, like, for example, shift workers who can't always come on Sunday at 11, you know, um, people with with health problems that can't always predict if they can be there or not. And, you know, there's been all sorts of, of people that, um, that this has been such a blessing to. Um, and it's something that we definitely want to keep going with after. And, um, yeah, like you said, keep getting the mileage out of all that equipment we invested in you know the interesting thing for me is my my life or my family's life over the last year has changed not just necessarily because of the pandemic but my kids are older i've got a 17 year old and a 20 year old they're both living at home they're both in school and so they have jobs and so uh and they work in a grocery store which which is an essential service as we've discovered and so they've had a lot of hours they've been given a lot of hours to work which is great for them because they're you know uh, we had this whole conversation about tuition and stuff way back when, Drew. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm right. a firm believer of having them, you know, pay for their education and I'll help out wherever I can. But my point in all of that is on Sundays, my kids work, right? And if I were at physically attending church right now, I would have to leave halfway through the, ser- halfway through the service to drop one of my kids off to work. And yeah. so the advantage we've had now with, this, with these online services is I can attend church while eating breakfast or while I'm shaving, or whatever, right, right. and yeah. and still yeah. get my kids to school and not miss anything. Or as as what happened this past weekend, where we're tuned in, and I was running late for whatever reason, um, and so my wife just paused the service. Yeah. Who would have thought? And and then we yeah. skipped ahead for the announcements, so so we missed the announcement. <laughs> but but we, you know of we course. got we got the praise and worship, and we got the message, and. And everything worked out time-wise, and and that's the the other advantage is, is you know you can have this live service, but you can still pause it and stuff. Like all of this yeah. technology is amazing, uh, if people are able to utilize it for that reason. And you know I'm not I'm not saying you know physically being in church is is unimportant. It is important, and I think people want to get back to that as much as possible. Yeah. But there are advantages, yeah. as you said, with the shift work and the people's lives, how they've changed over the last little bit. Uh, you know the online stuff does work yeah yeah i think as we come out of this it's really kind of that the big question mark is um that in-person experience where everybody is there at the same time you know not doing all these other things but just being at church worshiping together um you know how do we draw people back into that how do we draw people back into prioritizing that and and really seeing the value in that, but also, yeah, but also offering that convenience and um, like that experience that you've had, you know, just at home eating breakfast. And I think it's so important that we can offer both of those things and and see the value in both of them. Um, but but yeah, not lose what is so special about really being in church physically together as a people. That's right. Over the last year, I've had a chance to do some outdoor services and sort of lead worship in that space. And 
and and that's been cool. But just this past weekend, I did my first like like in a church building mm. <laughs> kind of leading worship. That feels so weird. And it, it, it was it was incredibly strange, and I kind of <laughs> I cried. Oh, like the first yeah. like by the end of the first verse, I was weeping. I was like, this is like. It's so amazing to just be in a space where I'm hearing voices sing out. And I was like so emotional. It was so beautiful. Just great to kind of be back in that kind of space. Yeah. I was like, oh, and I was like, it was a guest church too. I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm not usually like this. I'm crying. <laughs> I was like, so I'm not emotional. normally like this. <laughs> no, but you're so, <laughs> it so right. Beautiful. It's, there's something about that that just, it's, it's not the same, right? To be, to be together yeah. and to hear, the collective voices together there's yeah it's a moving thing in terms of leading teams because that's a totally different thing especially in the pandemic because it's like you can send emails off and i guess you can phone call but it's totally different than actually being sort of hands-on especially if musicians are you know not equipped to kind of jam alongside of you and you can edit the video like you know a lot of churches do or, um, or they don't feel comfortable doing the one room thing, which a lot of room yeah. churches are doing. They kind of like get some musicians and masked up and they play. So how has that been, apart from the, I'm using air quotes, the performing elements of leading worship, mm. how has it been just sort of leading your team as a, as a spiritual leader? How has that been for you in this day and age? Yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, I really, I missed that so much that team aspect of leading together because um yeah in in my case um just in terms of sheer like technology and comfort in terms of of being able to record and and do things online um that there weren't a lot of people who could do that with me together so there were especially in the early stages a lot of times where it was just like it was just me in terms of the act of, of leading worship and preparing for Sundays. And then eventually, you know, we had, uh, we were really blessed to have one family that had like the musical and technological gifts combined <laughs> to be able to go <laughs> in and do that, like just one family. Um, but yeah, because we couldn't be mixing, you know, households and all these different right. things. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, you know, as we're coming out of this, I'm really mourning as I go through my planning center roster and I'm even just like, you know, <laughs> this kid played the bass, but now he's graduating, he's gonna move away and he hasn't been able to play with us all year and now he's gonna move away. Like, how sad is that, right? Um, and, you know, just, yeah, various people who, you know, have had just moved on in, in whatever their commitments are or people who, you know, live with uh, elderly family and so like they they would have participated but they, they didn't come in and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there's been this huge um, group of people that I, you know, that haven't been able to participate in worship in the way that we used to do it together. And so, yeah, it really has just been through trying to connect every once in a while, you know, like, and and also I think actually that, um, in my case at least, a lot of that shifted towards small group ministry like just in general keeping our church body connected um mm-hmm. through this whole thing a lot of that has shifted away from programs and you know even serving um to like making sure people have an online small group that they are connected with and that they have that um group of people to, to just journey with them through it um so yeah i have to confess that like just in my role, there was so much work to be done just to get from Sunday to Sunday that um, I honestly didn't have as much capacity um, to just keep pastoring my my kind of worship teams as much as I would have definitely liked to. Um, yeah, so I do feel that as we're coming out, I'm like, oh man, like just trying to reinvest into those people. Um, I don't, I don't think that's that I don't think that's yeah. unique to you though but yeah. but would you would do you think this may have resulted in the decline of musical volunteers in the church overall? It's a good question. Um, in some ways I think people will come back with even more excitement and enthusiasm, you know, um, because they've missed it so much and I know that some of them were saying like yeah, like you know, still we when we're watching the live stream, like we just pull out our instruments and jam along, right? Um, at home. <laughs> um, but it's a good question. 
it's it's actually kind of a a mystery to us in general like not just in in musicians but just you know in everything like people who used to serve in children's ministry and people who used to do all these things like when we f- decide that we're able to fully open all these things again like we're really like we don't know we don't know it could yeah, be that people right. are so eager to come back and we have enough volunteers or it could be like that in this kind of giant pause that everyone's had um they have had different priorities come up and different commitments and or maybe just people you know realize how beautiful it is to be at home with their families and maybe they don't want to go back to the same kind of busyness that's true that they did before and i don't think that's a bad thing at all um but yeah it's it's really gonna be interesting to come back and see what that is like and i think i think it's good i personally don't you know, don't think we have to go back to doing everything that we did before. Um, if right. if the volunteers don't come back, you know, we can't say, oh, we, it has to be exactly like this. I think we have to really serve our church where, where they're at as we're all coming out of this. We're all healing from this. We're all trying to figure out what our lives look like after this. And so I think it's really like serving our whole church, but serving our volunteers, serving those people that served us for so long mm-hmm. um, and seeing what they need to I sent a, a text to a friend of mine last week. Um, it's a friend that um, I pre-pandemic got together for coffee for you know every every three four months we'd just get together for a coffee and and chat. It was the only time we really had face to face time. Not much of a texting type uh, relationship as or even a sure. phone call or anything like that this is it's always been a face to face with this guy and i so I, I sent him this text last week and i didn't hear back right away and i immediately thought to myself i wonder if he remembers who i am i remember uh, i re- i wonder if he still has my number in his phone so he knows who's texting him because I, I didn't put my name on. I just said, hey, you know, we haven't had coffee in a long time. Things opening up. Uh, you want to get together? And I didn't hear back right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I wonder how much of that is out there, right? Where you, you try to reconnect with friends or, or whatever that you just kind of, you know, they've moved on. They've forgotten about you or whatever, you know? <laughs> See, for, for me, it's the opposite. I'm kind of like, maybe I can just let go of all these people. They well, <laughs> flip side, yeah, there's the be a positive part. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to talk to them anymore. I haven't talked to them in a year. Move on. Bye. So anyways, I, I still I still haven't heard back from Drew uh, on that text that I sent him. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I, and uh, in fairness, I'll, I'll go back. Uh, I did hear back from him, and he knew who I was. Cool. And so we didn't get, we didn't get together after. After all, because of you know different situation, but but uh, we're going to get sure. together soon. So yeah, uh, it was it was nice he remembered who I was. <laughs> when that happens, anyways. No, right. So let's talk, uh, Rochelle. Let's talk about you as a person now, having gone through the last year as a worship pastor, and what has that meant for you? And and Drew, you you mentioned to me before we even turned on the mics and stuff, but you you described it as ministry care, mm-hmm. uh, ministry care yeah. f- as a as a pastor. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that, Drew? Yeah, sure. I can I can do it. Area. It's important for people in ministry to take care of themselves. I hate I hate saying self care, but yeah. So there's. Because um, we are always giving out, and this is the same for artists too. We're always kind of giving out and giving and giving and leading and giving and giving, and so it's really important to do like a regular check-in, kind of like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. How are we doing? How are we taking care of ourselves? And be really intentional about that. And so I call it ministry care. Because um, hmm. when you're in ministry, you really need to gu- I hate saying guarding yourself, but yeah, you need to sort of guard yourself, protect yourself from. Um, constantly pouring out and not being poured into or not kind of working on those things. And again, I say that because I've, well, I fail that all the time. Well, there's, so because always, there's, there's a, there's almost a blur between personal and ministry, right? Well, this is the thing. And that's, that's how it this, so easily happened. It so easily happens. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I'm myself and JK, we're super curious about like how you kind of manage your own ministry care. That is such a huge thing. And honestly, um, the pandemic taught me more about that than you know than anything I've been through before. Um, I actually 
uh, a couple months into the pandemic because my role had changed so much, right? Like from being about teams and people and like building up other people to do things. It was like, oh, now I'm doing them usually by myself in front of a screen. Um, and I'm doing all these things that I am, have never done before. So it was like all of my work was like, a lot of it was new to me or in a new format. And it was an environment where yeah, it was like sitting in front of a screen, pouring out, doing things, but not getting that energy back from, from the people that you usually work with. And so without really realizing it, um, I burnt out like the worst burnout I've ever had. Um, and, and it was, I mean, that's not a rare story, right? So many pastors or in people in ministry have experienced unprecedented like burnout and mental health challenges um, during COVID, not I think, I think, ministry, but all, but know, I think part of I think part of it though is is you thought it was only going to be a few weeks, so no problem. Yeah. You can, you can <laughs> make right. make this That's work right. for a few weeks if you exactly. have to, right? Exactly. It's yeah. just temporary. Right, yeah. Just temporary. Right. No big deal. You know, you yeah, do what you have to do. Like, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, let's plan for how we're going to do this for yeah. the whole year and pace ourselves, right? Exactly. Yeah. right. That's exactly. exactly. That's exactly true. Um, so, I think. Um, in some ways, I mean, when I look back on everything that I learned through that process, like I really had to rebuild my whole understanding of what it means to be in ministry and to actually like not just say that I include um, the care of my own soul in my ministry work, but like really do it because otherwise it's not happening. Like otherwise I cannot stay in ministry anymore it's just not sustainable uh, i just can't physically do it and um so yeah honestly in that season um i learned so much about sabbath about the concept of rest um about the gift that god gives to us in it and um I had never before really truly practiced a 24-hour weekly Sabbath. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was always like, oh yeah, I have intentions of that, or yeah. um, like I believe that it's good, um, but just getting around to doing it was so hard. In yeah. um, and then it would turn into like an afternoon. Um, at least I have an afternoon. But then it would be like, right. I'm starting to work on an album. So I all, I would just shove that into that space, you know. Um, and so yeah, I God really like had to root out a lot of things in me, my own workaholism, my own perfectionism, and root out all of those things uh, to a place where I could really see that Sabbath is uh, I believe it's it's his provision to us, especially to us who who are in ministry, and this is what we do. Um, that, for me personally, like I can now only I can picture myself doing ministry for the rest of my life, only because I know that every week I'll have a twenty-four hour Sabbath where I do not do work. Right. And it has right. not been an easy journey to get there at all. But honestly, it was like there was no other option. <laughs> there was like absolutely no other way to do it. Um, yeah, so now I take it very seriously um, because I know that if I don't guard that time to rest, to, to play, to enjoy, um, mm -hmm. sometimes it means just doing nothing and that is, that is just what we need. Um, but I think that for a lot of people in ministry, one of the huge barriers to that is the guilt that comes yes. with like how do I say no to somebody who's in need right now so that I can sit on my deck and <laughs> read a book like <laughs> how do I do that um that is so not right um and I think we really have to um to humble ourselves and I think a lot of that comes from pride like like when I burnt out and I just really couldn't do anything for a season and and after a few weeks it was like oh hey the church is still operating like god is still being worshiped it's all still happening even though i'm resting because this is what i'm called to be doing right now so i think we really have to um include that into our calling our calling mm. is to be like we do ministry because we are in relationship 
with God, a life-giving relationship with God that gives life to other people. That is what we are called to be. And um, so that definition of me doing ministry as my job, as my vocation, has to include feeding my own soul, taking the time to do that. Otherwise, really what I'm doing when I think I'm feeding other people, I'm not. Like, I'm not giving them truly what is life-giving. I'm just giving them from my own emptiness, from my own effort. And that is not what the world needs the most. They do not need my busyness. This is it. I feel, especially for like people like us, um, those who are both an artist and in ministry, it's we're in the worst kind of situation because yeah. our jobs are never ending, really, right? There's mm-hmm. always something to do. And it's mm-hmm. never about like paperwork or this or that. That's that stuff is easier to leave in the office. It's easier to kind of leave, oh, we got that budget thing happening. On, okay, but that's easier to kind of leave in the laptop and close the laptop. It's always these um, deeper emotional and spiritual connections or um, point of, of conversation that we need to sort of stay open for. Or as a musician, it's like, well, there's a song coming up or I got to work on that, you know, single prep for social media. There's always something to do. And it's so easy to even when you're supposed to be chilling out, watching a show, my laptop's in front of me and I'm working or (laughs) or I'm going for a walk just to be out in nature. But I'm listening to like the latest demos of my, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, We're always multitasking, like, always trying to always get multitasking, more productivity right? in there. Yeah. All right. And, and I would yeah. lie to myself. I would, like, honestly, I would seriously lie to myself. It's like, no, I'm, I'm chilling out. I'm on the couch. Yeah. No, I have a glass of wine, hanging out with the kids. I'm watching a show. We're enjoying life. You need to block yeah, off I'm, time. But yeah. I, this is the thing. It's I, I know so it's hard to do. To, but you, to not do that. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so it's so important to be like, no, 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 no. This is actually not this kind of weird hybrid of work and play. I need to yeah. play slash rest. That's the yeah. only thing that needs to happen in this block. Yeah. And I learned that lesson the hard way every single time. It's yeah. like so important to maintain that and to do that. And and yeah, you're right. It's totally a pride issue. It's totally like, well, I have to do it. I ha- like if I don't do it, yeah. what's going to happen? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What is going to right. happen? And and sometimes it's what's going to happen out there. Like how is, you know, the church or the ministry? How are those things going to happen without me? But actually a lot of it is like, who am I if I'm not working? Right. Like, like really confronting that in myself. Right. Like, right. I think that like all these things that God rooted out in me to really get to the bottom of it. Because, yeah, like for years and years I have been burnt doing this cycle of, overworking, burning out, recovering, trying again. And and it did I did get to a place a couple years ago where I was like, okay, well I clearly like I just can't do these things that God called me to do. If he's called me to lead worship and to, you know, be an artist, like I just I don't know how I'm gonna do that because it's so exhausting. It costs so <laughs> much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, really like the underneath all of that, it really just comes down to my identity. Who am yes. I? Right. Do I really believe that my worth doesn't come from these things that I do? It's such a hard thing to really experience it. Like I had been taught that and so many of my wise mentors had spoken that into me and prayed that over me for a long time. But to really finally deeply experience that all these things that God calls me to do are not who I am. It's yes. out of who I am because I am loved by him, because I am his daughter, then I can do these things. I have the power and the confidence and the joy to do these things, to be an artist and to be a pastor and to do all these things. But it's not, that's not where my worth comes from. Because I have worth, I go out and I do them. But then I can also lay them down whenever God is like, hey, I'm inviting you to, to just rest for real, to really fully be present and to rest. I'm inviting you to do that and you can let go of all that other stuff, then then I can. But it's still, I mean, it's still a struggle, even as I'm talking about it right yeah. now. Like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> but you know what opened my eyes, and, and, and I, I, I can relate to what you're saying, Rochelle, and um, I tend to be a workaholic as well. I'm, I'm also a perfectionist. What opened my eyes in the last year and a bit was probably the pandemic. And what I mean yeah. by that is 
I still had to go into work every day. I still had to do my job. I still had to do the morning show and we were doing this podcast. I'm also the music director and that work still had to be done. So I'm going into the office every day. Now, a majority of our staff were not working in the office. They were working from home. But what I did see over the last year was it appeared to me that the people who were not able to work, no fault of their own, they were not able to work because of shutdowns and whatever else, they had a lot of time on their hands and they were making the best of it. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, despite the negative situation, they were making the best of it. And I was jealous. I was jealous of the fact that they had time on their hands. So I, I purposefully in my life thought, okay, well, I, I'm doing my job. I'm doing the best I can, you know, keeping the ship afloat as it were. But I'm going to block off time. I'm going to take time. So when I'm done work, like I try not to check my email remotely anymore. I really try not to because it's so easy to get sucked into that whole world again and get Mm -hmm. stressed about stuff or start working on stuff. So I try not to check my email remotely when I'm not working. I try to, you know what, this is my list of personal stuff I want to get done today. You know, I, I want to assemble that chair. I want to uh, cut the grass and I want to do this. And then after that, this is my block of time where, you know what, I'm just vegging. And I go to bed early because I'm up early. Uh, and so, you know, a half hour before I go to bed, if you try calling me on the phone, you're going to go to voicemail because I don't want to get sucked into a conversation <laughs> for 20 minutes. And then right. I'm going to be going to bed late. Right. So right. I try and I'm not trying to be cocky about it or anything like that. I'm just trying to, again, try to think about. Uh, me being effective uh, uh, in what I do and also be effective as a dad, as as a husband, uh, you know, and all that other stuff. And, and for me personally, just to, to, right. just to have that yeah. relaxed time that I'm jealous of everybody else having had over the last year, you know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that a lot of it, too, is when we're in ministry, especially, we, we tend to think of... Um, yeah, I like I like your term, Drew, like a ministry care, because we always think about ministry as like this outward thing, mm-hmm. right? But but yeah, I've I've God's been teaching me to see all of this as like as a is a means of receiving his love for me. And then when I do that, when I actually receive his love for me and it means that I can yeah, not check my email sometimes or or just prioritize certain things and and say no to certain things. Um when I do that I'm actively receiving his love for me. And then when I do that, then I can actually give his love to other people um, in a way that doesn't come from a place of like, uh, like, you know, you know, when you're on the edge of burnout, every request that anybody gives you, it just becomes like so annoying. (laughs) You're just like, it's, it's because they're taking from you. They're taking something from you. Right. But we really have to see ministry as, as, coming from a place of of being filled by god and then and then sharing that with other people um yeah otherwise otherwise honestly what are we really doing you know yeah yeah yeah. oh it's so good yeah it is i i you know we we haven't (laughs) talked much about your music but i mean people can check out your website on that anyways what is your website it is just my name, RochelleLuke.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-L-U-K.com. And on there, there's links to, you know, all the places where you can hear my new album even now. And uh, you can even buy an old-fashioned CD if you're so inclined. <laughs> there are people that do still. They yeah. do. I, I have yeah. been um, pleasantly surprised with how many people have bought the CD already. I I was just um, looking at my inventory, and yeah, it's gone. the The sales have gone even better than I hoped. So that's good. Yes, that's good. CD. Good. And and make okay. sure you follow uh, Rochelle on on social media. If you're on Facebook, uh, yes. follow her on Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter, or whatever else. Um, you know, th- it's always inspiring to see your posts. And and I what I like about it, as I said before, is is the thought that got put behind it. I know, you know, I I believe social media is great for promoting yourself or promoting a product um you know versus the personal side of things of sharing the pictures of your dog or or you know (laughs) what you ate for lunch and whatever else but i like the you know the other content you know the the show part you know right (laughs) right. yeah yeah so uh go hit 
uh, Rochelle, not literally, but um, hit her up on her <laughs> oh my, website. Oh my God. And, uh, and, uh, please don't. <laughs> please, please, please don't. Please don't. Stop being <laughs> <What>? hate. <laughs> 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 Hashtag stop Asian hate. That's right. oh my <laughs> Rochelle, thanks so much for uh, hanging with us on Between the Grooves. What a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. You know, that was, uh, Drew, uh, a very uh, delightfully deep conversation. Indeed. It really was, Actually, you know? That's why, that's why I call her on a regular basis. I'm like, you're delightfully deep. <laughs> Is that what you say? No. Do. do you really? Yeah. And I, I, just, I just thought of that myself. So that's great. Uh, you know, we, we didn't talk much about the music specifically, but what we did talk about, I think, is really, really important for people in ministry. We did talk about the whole ministry and taking care of yourself, and that is so important when you talk about the Sabbath or, or yeah. taking that time for yourself. Because if you can't take it for yourself and rest, how effective are you going to be in your ministry in the first place? There we go. I, I, I'm not even going to bother saying anything else about that. Exactly. Every word you just said. And you know what? <laughs> I will say this, though. If you're looking to sort of take care of yourself, you should listen to Rochelle's album. There you go. It is, it is wonderful. It is great. It, as she said, it kind of hits in all those really cool emotional places. So whether you're going through some hardships, listen to it. If you want to celebrate, listen to it. If you're on the backyard and want to party, listen to it. It is such a great, fun, and emotionally moving record worth giving it a spin or two or five or 15. <laughs> and you can even buy the CD. Please buy the CD. Yeah. There you go. It is time for artist advice. And this week, uh, we bring back a previous guest, as I always say. Uh, This week, artist advice coming from from none other than Drew Brown. Drew, it's your your final episode as as officially the co-host of Between the Grooves. So I'm inviting you now to give your two cents worth to uh, artists, musicians, producers, people in the music industry... The one piece of advice that you could give them would be what? Wow, I, I wish I had, I wish I had something cool to say. I think the only thing that I can think of right now in this moment, because again, I'm being reminded of this often, especially in these last few months, is um, there's power in creative community. And yeah, you can say, well, it's power in community altogether. I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, spiritual community is good. You know, family and friends is good. But specifically creative communities, specifically people who know your struggles as an artist, who know kind of where you're at as someone in the industry who can not just I'm not talking about just like hookups or connections or, you know, ways to kind of climb the ladder. I mean, just in terms of emotional, mental, spiritual support, you can just be there to kind of lean on. That for me is key. I'm relearning that again over and over and over. Having good people around you to support you, to to you know, you know, give you a punch in the face when you need it. Sure, that is key. So having a creative community around you, and plus, when you are creative, when you are ready to write, and you need people who listen to your songs and actually like speak into them and say, "Dude, this sucks," right. <laughs> or "Dude, you need to release this now because it's so so what we what the world needs to hear." Well, when you have I that think, community, they would know where your heart is in the first place, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that for me as the sort of the last R's advice for me, uh, you know, uh, I think that would be it. It would be uh, the power, recognize the power of creative community. Thank you very much, Drew. Thank and and thank you for uh, all that you've contributed to this podcast. Um, the reason why this podcast, I believe, uh, has been so popular and people listen is because, uh, uh, largely because of you. It, it, it would be difficult to have a music podcast without somebody in this business that's a musician and an artist. Uh, you know, I'm the radio guy. I can speak from my perspective, but getting your take on stuff, I think, has been instrumental in making this podcast what it is. Um, so thank you for all that you've contributed over the last four years, 200 plus episodes. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Dude, it's all an honor and a, and a privilege and a pleasure, and especially just doing this with you, man. It's good to, good to kind of do this project with you, you know, and, um, and, and laugh and, and be silly, but actually have some really deep conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And also for you, like those, you might not know those people, but JK does a lot of the 
the behind the scenes work that I can't do. And so the editing, you know, all that stuff, sometimes you're the, you're the go-to guy for, you know, making sure we have an artist that day. <laughs> and so I appreciate, you know, the work that you do and that's unseen and unta- not really talked about on the, on the show. Oh, thank so, you. I appreciate it. It's been good too. to work with you and I appreciate yeah. all that you've done. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, we we will continue with the podcast somehow, some yes. way. Uh, we will continue yeah. to have great guests. So make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves, and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and uh, share it with your friends. And you doing that, it just helps us gain more followers and more people listening, and hopefully more people get getting something out of it. That's what it's all about on Between Grooves. Now, here we go again. I got the last word this time. Always. Last word. Okay. Last. I'm just. I'm just gonna keep last answering word. you. Last word. Last <laughs> word. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. Okay, go ahead. Last word. Right now, in the count of three. One, two, three. Last word. <laughs> We are experiencing technical difficulties at this time. (laughs) This is the emergency broadcast system. That's right.